0: You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are connected to our faith in Jesus and how it plays out in our everyday lives. This episode, the question is, how do I know I'm ready for marriage? So there are multiple ways that this question can be addressed, whether we're thinking about an individual who's asking or a couple who's asking, but there are so many things that are important to consider as we head toward marriage. So how do we know if we're ready for marriage? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me today Joe Coffee, our lead pastor, Zach Wyrock, another member of our leadership team, and then Sarah Coons, who is the director of our. Kids Ministry. Sarah, welcome. First time on the podcast. Um, I thought maybe before we jump into the topic, which is, how do I know I'm ready for marriage? Uh, So the question is, both on an individual level, and then if you are seriously dating somebody and considering marriage, how do you know both you and your relationship are ready for marriage? We'll get to that in a second, but Sarah, maybe if you just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about uh, your role and what you love about it, because I know you do love it. You're very passionate about do, it, but why don't yes. you take it away and do that?
1: All right. Um, yeah, I'm Sarah. I've been serving um, at Christ Community Chapel for the last five years and re- most recently as the kids' director here. And uh, Jimmy, you're right. I love it. It's great. The best part of my job is just getting to talk to kids about Jesus and introduce them to Jesus, but then also help them develop in their relationship with Jesus. So, it's quite a privilege and an honor, and uh, we love that we get to walk alongside families as well um, and helping them navigate um, introducing their kids to Jesus and love Him well.
0: Okay, so now let's head into the topic we discussed, uh, knowing you were ready for marriage. Maybe a place to start would be on a more light note. How did each of you meet—all four of us are married—how did you meet your spouse uh, and get to know them?
2: Uh, all right, I'll start. Um, I met Karen when I first transferred to Taylor University, and we didn't start dating until uh, the next semester. Um, But uh, probably the way I met her is now called stalking. Wow. I saw her. Respect the hustle. (laughs) I would try to see wherever she was going on campus, try to run into her, uh, and then pursued her. Once we started dating, I'd uh, do everything pretty intensely. So we actually – we started dating uh, like the first day of school, that like my uh, junior year, and we were married before the first day of school, my senior year. So, so would you say s- the
0: stalking was successful, successful. Yes.
2: in this case? Yeah, <laughs> in my case, I don't know how it worked out for Karen, but yeah.
3: <laughs> so uh, Amy and I met in college. I met her pretty much right away when I got to college. I was a, a freshman, and she was a junior. And uh, it took us about two weeks to start dating, and then we dated for four years prior to uh, getting married. So basically, until I graduated. I graduated in May, and we got married in June.
2: Great. Let me ask this. Now, uh, looking back on it, do you think you waited longer than you should have, uh, or you think that was the right time, four years is a long time?
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I guess on the one hand, we've been married now 16 years and have a very healthy marriage, so... It's tough to look back and say we should have done it differently because it worked out. But yeah, I, I think we could have gotten married earlier. I think for us, I had in mind I needed to have a full time job when we got married so that I could provide. But then we got married and I went to grad school, worked part time while she worked full time. So <laughs> yeah, so I wish someone had said mm, I don't. You know, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. But on the other hand, we have five kids. If we had gotten married two years earlier, we might have seven. So uh, it worked out okay. <laughs> good. Okay. Good.
1: Um, well, Matt and I have known each other since seventh grade, and I would say that he's the opposite of Joe, and that I think Matt kind of stalked me, actually. He used to tell me this story of when we were in band that he would change his, like, his stand so he could have, like, direct eye, cool. eye contact. Yeah, that's he, frightening. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, but we didn't start dating, actually, until uh, the summer before our freshman year of college. So we dated for a couple years, and then we actually got married. Uh, between our junior and senior year of college, and so we've uh, we're celebrating 25 years of marriage. Actually, this summer.
2: Now, I will tell you this: that uh, I don't know if you know this, but when we were in the Dominican Republic, when you were a junior,
1: yeah,
2: and Matt was a junior, or between your junior and senior, yeah. Year, uh, Matt, talked to me about you. Did you know that?
1: No. He said.
2: Uh, <laughs> he said, "There's a girl that I think uh, is a Proverbs 31 girl." But she's not
3: available. So, what do you think about Sarah?
2: (laughs) 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 No, and then he said, it's Sarah College. And I was going, really? Because I didn't know that he was interested in it at all. But that was when you were uh, between your junior and senior year. So, it took him a while before he asked you out after that. But yeah, he saw saw it in you. And yep.
1: I didn't see it in myself. Yep.
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah for Emily and I we met during our freshman year of college uh, we ended up in the same we went to the University of Akron large school so we just happened to be in the same English class and uh, so we sat next to each other struck up a friendship started dating a while later and then we were married uh, before my I went to grad school so I had a fifth year so before or midway through my fifth year she was already out and was working as a nurse we got married we've been married for 11 years now and have four children and we're off and running. So um, let's pivot to kind of the the subject of that, that we proposed at the beginning. So if you were talking to a, a younger person who's considering marriage um, and they're asking, okay, let's we'll maybe start on the individual level, level. How do I know that I as an individual am ready for that? And then we'll move to, okay, what has to be happening in a relationship for, for you to know we're, we're getting to that point. Let's start on the individual. What kind of things would you guys say to somebody asking that question?
3: I think I would start with saying two things. I mean, one, there is a sense in which this is a really healthy question to ask uh, because it's good to go into anything with your eyes wide open. I think it's good to get outside counsel and outside opinion and just make sure what you think is true is so, I mean, in some sense, if I were asked this, I would feel good about the person asking that they're thinking well. And then there's another sense in which I'm I'm worried about this question only in that, like, what makes a marriage work is not you reach this magical moment where you're ready. You know, there's not like this tipping point at Mm -hmm. which, hey, we've got all these boxes checked. Now we will have a bulletproof marriage. We are guaranteed. You know, so, I don't know, being married, marriage is a little demystified in that it's work. And if you're willing to do the work to have a healthy relationship, you can. If you're not, you won't, no matter how many boxes you've checked or how long it's been. or So I don't know if that makes sense, but my initial no. take to them would be, I'm, I'm glad you're asking this, but let me uh, you know, steer you away from the idea that there's a checklist somewhere that once you've worked through, you are, quote, unquote, ready.
2: Now, were you talking about a couple – like you said, individually, I think uh, – and I agree with what Zach said, but individually, I think at some point, you have to realize that you have already started to adult – <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I know that there's this movement from uh, from when you are a kid to when uh, you become – you start thinking like an adult, start taking more responsibility. I think there's this long period and it's getting longer where it's kind of subsidized independence that kids have where they're not really adults. And if they get married during that time – can get awkward. It, yeah. It, it, <clears throat> it can get more complicated. Yeah. Um, and like when when Karen and I, and this is maybe shows the era we got married. Uh, I think our parents were much less involved in our lives mm-hmm. than we were in our kids' lives, and then our kids are in their kids' lives. So it's just a uh, uh, you know, my parents were the result of like uh, World War II kind of parenting, where we probably were more uh, like adults at twenty than a lot of kids are right now at what, 25, what does that so. look
3: like so like when you say you've gone from being a kid to adulting what like in your mind what constitutes how would I know if I've made that transition?
2: Yeah, that's a good question I think for me uh, you know when I decided to transfer to Taylor when I where I met Karen uh, my dad drove me a thousand miles dropped me off. I didn't have a car he didn't seem to care. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know how to, I mean, I didn't know how to register. I didn't know how to pay for it. I didn't know how meal plans worked. Mm-hmm. He was like, figure it out. That's yeah. that's not my figure problem. You're an adult. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you can, you figure it out. So I remember him driving off and me standing in, you know, in a, as snow fell, this was in February. We had driven up from Orlando, Florida and I didn't have a winter coat and I was watching him <laughs> drive off and go, okay, fair enough. Yeah. I got to figure this out. And that, I think, is uh, a different—I mean, with my kids, you know, my wife was making sure the room was set up and they had matching, like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was just—it was yeah. crazy. You know, we would not have left if we weren't sure they knew how their meal plan worked and then walked them step-by-step step through the, you know, through the dining commons. So— so if, My dad was going, yeah, you get hungry enough. So adulting is—
3: some form of independence. Yeah. You are operating independently. You're standing on your own two feet. You're taking care of things. Yeah, you
2: make the calls yourself. You need yeah. insurance. You call. You you figure it out. Yeah. I think it's so, also
1: suffering yeah. the consequences yeah. for your decisions instead of as a parent inserting yourself and helping them do that. So, like I have two sons who are freshmen uh, in college, and Matt and I have really tried to take a back seat in when they're scheduling classes and doing things, and we're like, hey, we're here. And we want to be a resource to you, but this is like you need to start making these decisions. And then if you make a bad one,
3: you have to live then you ha-
1: you have to live with that consequence. Yeah. And this is what even like, hey, here's the financial investment we're willing to make. So anything above and beyond that is your responsibility. Right. So if you make a bad choice in that, then you're gonna you're gonna have to eat that.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, um, did that make sense to you, Zach? Just the independence thing? Yeah, I think so.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I think what I would say, and it, I think it's connected to what you guys are both saying, is you know, I'm a big fan of the traditional wedding vows. So mm-hmm. when I do a wedding, I actually require, you know, you can write something else if you want, but we have to do the traditional for richer, for poorer, sickness and health, uh, because I think that is the commitment. That's the commitment of marriage. Like if I were sitting down with a guy, and he was saying, Hey, how do I know if I'm ready to propose to my girlfriend? How do I know if I'm ready to get married? I I would actually pull out those vows and say, All right, let's assume you get married and you get all the bad ones. Cause I do think there's a danger when people get married is that they say for richer or for poorer, but they assume <laughs> richer. Yeah. You know, they they say sickness and health, but they assume uh, health. And so I would, you know, I would say, Hey, let's you get you get married and in six months she's in a car accident and she can't walk anymore. Are you prepared to, uh, to love her, to give yourself for her? Is, are you signing up for Because I think marriage is a little bit like a blank check. I mean, you're saying mm-hmm. to the other person, right. hey, no matter, no matter what, forever. And I think you do have to be at a certain point, And maybe that's a mixture of independence and living with consequences and certain amount of affection that you can look at another human being and say, I don't care if in eight months you have leukemia or we find out you can't have children. Or you know your dad, your parents get sick, and we have to move to Nebraska because that's where you're from because we have to take care of them, or you know whatever. I'm in. I'm I'm up. I'm up to that, right? right? And I would say, do do you mean that? Because I think so often, it's marriage is almost seen as just a rite of passage. We've been Mm -hmm. you date for a certain length of time, then you're supposed to get married. And uh, I think when you do that, then when something does go wrong, it hits you really hard, and you say, this is not what I signed up for, even though it is.
2: And we've probably all done marriage counseling with somebody that has said, um, oh, I want to get a divorce. This isn't what I signed up for. And I want to go, you know what? That's exactly what you signed up for. There is nothing... That has happened that, that you didn't sign up for. You just didn't know it. And and one of the you ways you know it. that yeah. is
3: you imagine going to a wedding where they say, uh, "Hey, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna love you forever," and then they do like a drug commercial where they're like, "This <laughs> pill will help you go over your allergies," like, <laughs> really but you fasted. may die of this. Right, you right. may. And they say, hey, "I'm gonna love you forever," unless, of course, you know, it turns out you can't have children, or you get sick, or your parents get sick, or we run out of money, or we. Right. And you would be like, "That's so ugly. That's so awful. That's not love." Marriage really is saying to someone, no matter what. I am going to be here, and I think I'd want to hear somebody say, "No, that is what I mean." And I and I think that. But that's do you think important. it's
1: fair to say, like, essentially, no one is going to be ready for marriage? Like, as much as you can prepare. Like, right. and I'm not saying I'm not advocating for all of those hard conversations or even premarital counseling or reading good books to prepare. But like, you can always get to a point where you say, "Oh, I." Like it's the same with having kids. Why I'm not ready to have kids, or mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not ready to it's be like, married right, because we don't. Yeah, right. We don't really <laughs> understand the self sacrifice right. that comes with marriage and what that really is supposed to look like. Like when I read Tim Tim and Kathy Keller's book, The Meaning of mm-hmm. Marriage, Good I was book. like, Oh shoot, yeah. Like, I'd already been married at that point for like yeah. 25 years. Like, should have read this one before because uh-huh. I'm doing this all wrong. Yeah. You yeah. know? So. Well, I
2: think that was Zach's point in saying, when somebody asked the question, Am I ready for, how do I know I'm right. ready for marriage? To go, you know what? In some ways, you you should go into this knowing that you're not going to be ready, right. that there are going to be things that are going to surprise couldn't. you. you can't prepare for it. Yeah. But I In think you ways. can
3: assess whether or not you have – I think that's very true. It's true of parenting. It's true of getting married. I think you can assess if you have the requisite tool set, though. Because, I mean, for example, one of the things I always tell people is uh, – this is kind of funny because Amy and I are teaching the pre-marriage class tonight, and so this is all on my mind. But you – I tell people, when you get married, you're going to realize how selfish you are. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right? That's the biggest thing, I think, mm-hmm. because—and you're going to realize how selfish the person you married is. Oh, yeah. You, you Karen, know? <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we'd all say. <laughs> yes, Joe. Yes. She is yeah, that's self- almost broke person. Me. Me. I think. Almost yeah. broke. But I think, you know, because you're going to be living with this person all the time, and yeah. they have their own ideas and their own things and their own food they want to eat and their own, you know, whatever. And But are do you have the toolkit of being able to confess sin? And to seek repentance. Right. Do you have the toolkit of being able to forgive? Yeah. Do you have a community around you that will help you work through when you can't figure out who's really wrong and who's really right? I mean, I think there is a sense in which you can't be ready. But I think there is there is a, maybe as unready as every person who ever gets married is, there is a, a certain infrastructure strength that some couples have, I think, that other couples right. don't.
2: Yeah, and that brings in something too. Whenever somebody, whenever a couple are really having trouble, uh, one of the things I always ask is, who are they listening to right now? Yep. Right, mm-hmm. because that's what you yep. said. That's part of the toolkit is to have friends that will say, "I am for your marriage. Yep. I am. I witnessed your promise." Yep. I will not let you walk away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, let me speak truth in your life. Instead of talking to a coworker who's saying, yeah, divorce was the best well, thing. Well, It's ever interesting me,
3: when you, know? you said independence, Joe and Sarah, when you said living with consequences, I instantly thought if you're not there yet, the voice in your head will be your mom and your dad. And that's yeah. poisonous to a marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. right. Because Absolutely. then it, it's like you and your parents who almost always take your side against your spouse. And, and that can be pretty toxic. So I think that is true. Whose yeah. voices in your head. And, and I will say this: that also that just as there's no magical moment to be ready for marriage, I think one of the biggest lies couples believe is that when you get married, anything or everything will change. <laughs> right. I mean, you know what I mean. Like I, I especially, you mean about the person that, yeah. You're married? Like yeah. especially as it relates to spiritual things. You, you know, I I talk to a lot of couples who are looking at marriage and th- especially this is often true of the way the woman thinks about the guy she's like well he doesn't really talk about Jesus now and pray with me read the bible but i think if we got married th- yeah. he would and it's like no no he's just going to do what he <laughs> you know what he's always done you're going to do what you yeah i mean i think it's really done. important
1: to know that like who if you're dating someone right now, they're putting their best foot forward right now. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Like it's not going to get better. (laughs) Like Like, once you get married, right? (laughs) You almost, you You got to realize that. And I think too, like, I think it's super important. I think we do a good job at this at the church, but As much as you may not be ready for marriage, you can certainly prepare for it. Yes. So that's 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 what I would say. Like, you need to take this seriously, you know, and prepare as much as you can. There's so many good books out there, but do premarital counseling. Go through a premarital Mm -hmm. class because you will have those conversations, Mm -hmm. hard conversations. Matt and I just taught the premarital class last time we did conflict and communication. And it was great because I could just see like the big eyes, you know, across from a couple. And but it was great because like, hey, you're gonna have this conversation. You're gonna talk about how you communicate, how you deal with conflict. Yeah, have that now. Don't have that one year down the road. Yeah,
3: and I think uh, yeah, that's great. And when we teach the class, Amy and I, one of the things we say is uh, the most important part of this class is the conversations you have after class as a couple. Yep. Because I think that's what, I love what you said, you can't be ready, but you can be prepared. Because I think even how do you navigate that conversation? Right. Can you have healthy dialogue about maybe a difference of opinion or, you know, things that the other person does that that drive you crazy or vice versa? Or can you not have those conversations without getting angry or without getting bitter? You know, the, I think those things would be positive or negative indications of your quote-unquote readiness to get married. But I I do think also though there's a sense in which two people who love Jesus and are committed to loving each other can make marriage work. I really do I really do, I really do yeah. believe that. So, you know,
2: I Well, I think it, it, not only can you make marriage work, marriage can be one of the absolute greatest yeah. things that you will experience in this in this life, right? Yeah. It can be. It's designed yeah. to be by yes. God, right to To be the place where you experience the gospel in a way you can't experience anywhere else. You got somebody who says, when you're at your very worst, I will Mm -hmm. love you the very best. Yep. That's amazing. Because I
3: think two two kinds of couples might listen to this podcast. One that needs to hear us saying to them in some ways, slow down. You don't have the infrastructure. You aren't prepared. You haven't had enough conversations. You know, you have too many of the wrong voices in your ear. But I think there are other couples where maybe need to hear us say, speed up. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you really yeah. are ready. And I'll, I'll just say, this is not a small group circles podcast, but this is one reason it's really great to be in a circle is because I think those are people who have known you, who know you, and I think it'd be good to ask them, you know, for a guy to pull the other guys in his group or vice versa with the girls and say, hey, we're thinking about marriage. What, what do you guys think? Do you see in us people that are? Right. And I think if everybody around you is saying, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 then you need to get married and stop dragging your feet. Because I do think some of this is affected by the cultural trend of just prolonged adolescence, Yeah, you know, of thinking of 28, 29, 30 year olds as kids. You're not, you're an adult and you should act like it.
0: You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, You can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.